Our gospel reading this morning comes from Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Listen for the word of God. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give, get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God, our Heavenly Mother and Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Jesus' disciples feel cheated. John's disciples were taught by John how to pray. And are like, um, can you do the same thing for us? What does that immediately tell you about how they felt about their prayer lives? This is not a rhetorical question. They don't know. Here's the great secret. You look around and you say, all these other people know how to pray. Particularly like if you've been raised in a church, and it's like, oh, Mary's been in the church her whole life. Mary's a great prayer. Mary secretly in mortal fear that someone's going to ask her to pray. That's the secret of prayer in the church. People always think someone else is comfortable doing it. I'm someone that, because of what I do, have to do a lot of prayer. And I got to tell you, extemporaneous praying, which is when you get up and you don't have a script in front of you, is something that I was really bad at. Really, 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 really bad at for a long time. And then eventually you do it over and over and over, and you actually become better at it. This happens. It's called practice. That's why ball teams actually go and they practice to get better. 
Jesus' disciples were not called because they were spiritual giants who knew how to pray. Jesus' disciples were called because they were people who were willing to follow, who were willing to seek that they might find, that they would be encouraged to knock so that the door would be opened. Okay. I love this story. A man goes, this is the parable Jesus teaches. A man goes and he says, Nick, I got friends that are arrived. Get up and give me three loaves so I can feed my friends. And Nick says, you know what? I'm in bed. My, my children and my family are with me. I'm not going to crawl over them. If I wake the baby, it's going to be a nightmare. Ain't doing it. You need to go somewhere else. And the story says, even though Nick won't get his sorry behind out of bed because of our friendship, as long as I keep knocking on that door and yelling at him, he's going to get himself up. That's how we are encouraged to pray. I mean, I love that. Remember the movie Tootsie? Yeah. When the doctor, the guy who plays the doctor, you know, wants to date Dustin Hoffman's role, and he's serenading, you know, and, he, and Dustin Hoffman says, go away, go away, go away, and he starts serenading. He's waking up the entire neighborhood. Would you shut up and come up, come up, come up? That's what we're encouraged to do with God. It sounds ridiculous, but that's what Jesus says. And, you know, for me, it's like Jesus says it, you know, like, I, I got to at least listen. That's my default. I got to at least listen. You, you could laugh at that. That was actually meant to be humorous. <laughs> All right. We are meant, and, and we are so timid. We are so timid when we pray, aren't we? Oh, God, if you're not too busy... If it's not too much work, if you've got nothing better to do, could you look at this situation? I know you're a busy man, woman thing, whatever your view of God is. And Jesus says, no. What do you do, Phyllis? How do you go to the gates? Storm the you storm the heavens. <laughs> you storm the heavens. That's how we are encouraged to pray. You storm the heavens. You know, you wear God down. I mean, that's what, seriously, that's what we're told to do. I mean, the people are languishing in Egypt, in slavery, and then they're crying out, they're crying out, they're crying out, and God's, oh, and the scripture says God remembered the promise he had made. You storm the heavens. It sounds ridiculous, but that's what we're told to do. So I'm supposed to tie this into NCC Loves, our community. I got to tell you that our community storms this place. It does. They want to do things here. And we have to be able to find a way to make those happen. I mean, the beautiful thing for me, I came from a church, it was on an island, you had to get across the bridge, a little bridge, you had to go across the Narrows Bridge if you came from Tacoma, 
and then it was off the road. During the week, on a, on a, on a given month, I would maybe have two people that would come to my office. It was hard to get there. We're a downtown church. I'm lucky if I get less than two people in an hour here. People come searching. They are doing what Jesus asked them to do. We can't help everybody, but we are one of the places that people come. The only way that that can happen is when we give of ourselves. And some of the renters, some of the renters are going to get charged a little bit more who can afford it so that people like AA don't have to be charged more than a pittance. And Transition Laguna gets it because of this real special relationship we have with them right now. That's the only way it works. It's the only way we can make this work. And i got to rethink, Nick, you've got six cases of wine between my office and the other office. We might need one more AA group. <laughs> I'm sitting there listening to Connie saying, we got five AA groups. I'm like, you know how many cases of wine we have in our offices? <laughs> we might need another group. To taste. Do not listen to that woman. She's been very practical. Jesus said, search and you shall find. Seek, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. That's what we're called to do. Our community is knocking at our door. And it's our responsibility as the hands and feet of God in Christ to help open doors. It takes money to do that. It really does. But we also are going to our community and saying, Christian, we're not a rich church. Can you help us out? And Christian donated all of his time and his expertise. And we got this guy from St. Mary's who walks by this church every day and he says, I cannot believe the transformation of your front to what it's become. I want that for my church. We are a trend-setting church. This is really scary. I mean, aren't we the people, like, like Mark Twain said, I wouldn't want to be part of any organization that would have me as a member? We have, you know, we think, well, you know, we want, we want people to realize what we have, but we're afraid no one will. People want what we have. Because we are a church that knows how to seek, and we are a church that knows how to open doors. And that's the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. We can do that together. And that's good news. Amen.